Hi guys, welcome back to an all new episode of All About Sports the podcast. You guys are joined by a regular host Shubham and today's episode is very very interesting. It's a special episode for us. Um although our other regular co-hosts are not there but we have two special guests. We have Meena and Sahil. Uh hi guys, thank you for joining us today. Hey, what's up? Thank you for having us. Thank so, you. So to quickly introduce you all to Meena and Sahil uh we three studied together at Coventry University where we did our undergrad in sports management that's where all of us are met all of us are like minded uh towards our interest in sports uh we have a degree in common and uh let's see what else we have in common in today's episode uh Meena currently is working at Warwickshire Cricket Board at Edgbaston and she's the diverse communication officer so we'll have a lot of interesting insight from Meena and sahil is currently the assistant team manager operations for pune 7 aces so two people who are um, in the industry uh, uh one is in the uk one is in india uh so guys to start off with now i'm 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 certain about the fact that all of us growing up were interested in sports um which sport did you really like to play meena i know for a fact you like playing cricket but was was there anything other than cricket that you like to enjoy and like did you did you play cricket professionally or anything like that i don't think there's any other sport for me than cricket to be honest with you um but yes i've uh, played cricket um semi professionally for scotland and for warwickshire here um played for warwickshire women's as well so yes no other sport apart from cricket unfortunately it was scotland huh I know. Yeah, yeah, I moved so when I no when I moved from Pakistan about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, we moved to Scotland. I played for Scotland there and then moved to Birmingham, so played for Warwickshire then. Okay, fair enough. And what about you, Sahil? So, my sport, you know, obviously it has been football. I've uh, been playing MDFA and MSSA all those uh, st- uh, district tournaments that we had back in school. and obviously the affection towards chelsea once uh, i started following them back in like 6th or 5th grade and they they straight away won the first season that i was watching them play and that was uh, i think marinho's era with the uh, drogba uh, being the highest scorer and they getting the trophy i think it was 2006 and 7 season so after that i've just been into football whether playing or avidly following the sport so yeah that's uh, been it it's football so so One thing that I would like to ask you guys is uh see for me when I decided to study sports management and take up the degree uh a lot of like my relatives and some friends also they they were they were asking me what are you doing what is sports management what's going on and this is back in 2014 when actually back in 2013 when I was doing the application in 2014 we went to university so there was there wasn't that much awareness about what this course is and there were a lot of questions asked as compared to like if someone is just going to study business or marketing it just something that everyone knows about sports management was new um so i would like to ask both of you what is it that made you all decide to take up the course why did you all decide to take up a degree in sports and pursue sports as a career um yeah so whoever wants to go first you know go ahead <laughs> okay um for me i think it was very simple i didn't want to i wanted to do something in sport but i didn't want to do sports science because uh, in the uk i think you would know you both would know that sports science is quite common um i wanted to do something that's not science related i wanted to know how sports works behind the scenes but um i was fortunate enough um to not get asked all of these questions why are doing it because my parents were quite supportive they said look whatever you want to do you should do 
because I was more of an IT person as well. So I it was between IT and sports. But um, if you look back, if I look back at it, I don't know if I made the right choice, but um, uh, because obviously IT is quite highly paid these days. But um, sport because there was passion, um, which is why I went I went for that career. I totally agree with her. Like I think parents backing is something that's the most important out here. Uh, my parents didn't actually force me with like the other kids to get into science or engineering. And uh, they always wanted me to do something that I loved, I was passionate about. So uh, it being from a commerce background, I think uh, sports management was the only avenue available because uh, sports science, as we all know, has uh, physiotherapy, psychology, uh, nutrition and all those things that also require a lot of uh, science knowledge, uh, a background of science. So getting into uh, the business aspect of sports also belonging from a family background that uh, does business because my father has his own business and everything. So I think that made more sense to uh, learn how the commercials worked in sports, to be honest. Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast, and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups, and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Now back to the pod. So one thing that you that you brought up, Meena, which is very interesting about the fact that um, it was your passion that made you choose sports and that's the reason you did the degree in sports. But at the same time, you also said maybe in hindsight, doing something in IT would have been a, a better decision. So if I just if I just be blunt and come to the point, see today, a lot of people in India, and I'm sure in the UK also, they want to pursue sports. Uh, they want to take it up as a degree. Uh, sports institutions and uh, sports education is growing in India. Um, so for, for like all these young kids who want to take up sports, what is it like in terms of the pay in the industry? Um, if someone wants to come to the UK and study sports, once they graduate, what sort of jobs can they expect to get? Uh, what So three part questions. First, what sort of jobs they can expect to get? All the entry level positions, what, what is the sort of pay scale as compared to if you would have any idea, if you do a business degree, marketing degree or IT degree and any roles which you think are the most sought after roles in sports? So, yeah. What would you say about these things? Um, oh, I forgot a few of your questions, but I think I'll answer what I remember. So for, for sports, I think what people need to always remember is that sport is something that's never going to die. The audience is never going to die. It's always going to be on the high up because of its unpredictability that you see. There's nothing that you can predict in sports. Um, which is why I think it's a good, it's always a good industry to go into, specifically in countries like your India, your Pakistan, because I think sports is the only thing that combines people together um, for me. So 
if they are looking to get into sports, I don't think that's a bad industry. I think it's it's quite a good industry to get into. Um, I can only speak for what happens here. So I how I got into um, where I am now is through coaching. I didn't get the the role that I have now um, by just applying like that and having an interview or whatever. I was, um, I don't know if you guys would remember this, but um, I used to coach part-time when yeah, yeah, I was not I at university. So that got me into coaching. Uh, that got me into cricket. So people knew me a lot more. Um, and it was just after we um, finished our degree, I got lucky enough that there was a, a role that was suitable for me because uh, of the diverse communities that they were trying to target. Um so if you think about it initially, I don't think the pay would be what you expect or what you want it to be. Um, but I think that's with every job. I think everyone can agree with that. As you start from um, low down, you will have a lower pay. But the um, the idea is to um, stick at it um, and make sure that you are moving up and be comfortable in your role. Because there will be a point where in sports, because everything seems very repetitive after a while because the season comes and goes. You have to do what you have to do. Um, so don't be repetitive. I think moving up is the way forward. I think but for me, um, going in from club cricket to county cricket to Warwickshire Cricket Board and now going up to ECB. So there are always going to be roles. Um, and as, as you hit the top, I think the money will rise very, very highly. I think sometimes you, will, you can double the amount to what you're getting. But... Um, Yes, to, to answer your question, I think money will rise, but I think there has to be a bit of patience and a bit of hard work to go with it. And and would you also say like, the fact that we got a degree in sports management? So you said you managed to get your first job thanks to all your coaching experience and, and perhaps the coaching certifications that you might have done. But do you think your degree has also opened inroads for you? Uh, if not getting a job, like it has helped build your network or it has given you a better understanding of, um, of, of the field that you're getting into? Do you think your degree, degree really helped you there? I think definitely. I think the role that I'm in now, um, my degree 100% suits that role um, because I not only have to do budgeting, finances, if you guys remember, we did finances, marketing, advertising, um, um, CSR, social corporate responsibilities. I have to hit all of these targets for me to make sure that I get um, the numbers that I've been um, asked to get because uh, for, for my role I have to get 6,500 new participants to play cricket um, across the four years I have to manage those right I think I have studied all of those um, theoretically for me to now put that into into my physical work so I think my degrees helped a lot what do you have to say Sahil what do you think about the India scene currently in terms of uh, how sports is growing in the country in terms of uh, opportunities for young individuals uh, what sort of help did your degree uh, um, uh, help towards your career? Did it help open any inroads for you? And in general, the pay scale in the industry in India at large. Right. I'll, I'll like to throw a short question out here to Meena. Uh, what was the time that, what, what was your age when you actually started working part-time when you were uh, working in Warwickshire? I started working at the age of 16. So as soon right. as I finished my school, I had a massive bag with lots of stumps and and bats and balls um, and cones and going on the bus to deliver one hour one hour session so I had to travel an hour and a half to get there to deliver a one hour session to then go back an hour and a half um, so I started very early 16. 
Right. So in contrast to what, how the Indian system works, I just wanted to point out that we wouldn't be starting, starting to work before 21 or 22. For us so to work. Yeah, 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 you I can th- go on. I think that's, that's, that's the culture. So if I, if I yeah, was, for so example, I'm in just, Pakistan, I right. would have been working till I finished my uni. It, right. I, I think so it's I'm just, just talking normal. About how the work differs out here in India and how people might struggle because you had the backing of knowing people in the industry and getting a degree and getting back into it was like just going back to home. But for us, yeah. it's uh, make, getting on to another step and uh, India being a huge country, you, if you don't have the references or the contacts or people in your own uh, family uh, with the background of sports, you might just struggle because there are not many people, first of all, that are pursuing sports. So you don't know who to uh, who to take, uh, you know, advices from or who to reach out to. You don't know many uh, institutions or you don't know many uh, uh, the organizations that are established. So you don't really know you have to Google like what are the uh, big organizations out here, how they're functioning. Because back then, I think in 2000, uh, 17 when we have come back there were still a few organizations that had come up but uh, going back to the topic when we entered into the sports industry in 2014 if you're not passionate about sports till you don't feel like you can breathe sports I don't recommend anyone to do this uh, like as a uh, as a professional career if you're a player then that's great but if you want specifically to specifically from the Indian market point of view correct yeah, this is specifically from the Indian uh, market point of view, because uh, it takes a lot of courage to get into something when you don't know how is it going to be once you graduate. Uh, this also come down, comes down later to the point where foreign institutions don't guarantee you placements. And that is something that is uh, a difficult uh, scene going into because you don't know what's your future going to be like. Are you going to stay back? Are you going to come back? Or... Uh, uh, you might just get a visa, you don't get a visa. So we had troubles with that. We were looking for jobs when we had uh, graduated in sports in Coventry, but uh, we had to come back, unfortunately. And when you come back, the reality hits you that you are ending up getting a salary of 25,000, which uh, maybe how much in uh, pounds? That would be... 50 pounds? 250 pounds. 250 pounds. Yeah, 100 pounds or something. 200 pounds a month so I was getting that much when I was doing a part-time job in the UK so it just it hits you even after getting a graduate degree from a known university and you come back uh, and then that's the courage that I'm talking about because then you need to be like this is the path that I've chosen I can't go back but I've seen many people who have changed their paths and they have taken normal streams even after graduating in sports they have done their masters in the we have someone over here also who has done, you know, he has, he has changed his streams because uh, it is difficult. To be honest, it's very difficult. And uh, you need to stay in the game. You need to be committed towards your uh, towards your belief that you're going to make some career out of uh, yourself in sports. So, so think, in India, yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. I think the I, I think I'd back you on this, um, Sahil. The only one thing I'd I would like to say is that. I think in our culture, uh, we don't normalize working at an early age. So in right. obviously India and Pakistan, we say when we graduate, we'll work. But by the time we graduate, we're 21, 22. That's a lot of time. 
We're encouraged in schools here because I've done secondary schooling here. We're encouraged to work from the age of 15, 16, because by the time we get to our university time, um, we've got experience of working in an, in, in an environment. No matter what that may be, it could be different to what you want to do, but you're, you're working, which is why I think we get more of a kickstart if that makes sense, then people, right. um, if I was to be in Pakistan, I wouldn't have worked at the age of 21. No, in fact, Rina, what you're saying, what you're, what you're saying is a brilliant point because I know for a fact when I was there abroad, Sahil and I, we did part-time jobs at Rico Arena, which is Comedy City Football Club, where we we bartended, we worked in, worked in housekeeping, we worked at Tesco, all these part-time jobs. And if any Indian living in Mumbai, living in India was to work at say cafe co- a cafe coffee day or Starbucks or Domino's, they would just be mocked. They would be laughed at. It wouldn't be respected that yeah. you are working out here for, uh, as a delivery boy or something like that. But abroad, it's very common. Everyone does it. It's it just a way of life. Everyone respects the fact that you're doing a job and you're making your money. So there is a major difference out there. And, I, and honestly, I don't think this mindset is really going to change in India. Uh, yeah, I don't think parents will also be happy to see their kids working at Domino's and stuff like that as compared to what it is abroad. It's fine if you're doing a part-time job and you're getting some money. But one thing that I, that what I could sense from what you said, Sahil, and, and correct me if I'm wrong and, or, or if you agree with what I'm saying right now, is if you go abroad, this is for all our viewers and listeners, if you guys go abroad to study sports, it's cool, you can do that. But make sure that you are selecting a country that gives you a post-study work visa so you can actually get an experience out there. And at the same time, you can also perhaps, if because you've invested so much money, get some returns. Because for us, what happened in 2017, uh, we had to come back. But now, for example, the UK, they give you a two-year post-study work visa. So if you're going to UK or Canada or Australia that, that are Canada, yeah. sports courses, make sure that you get a chance to stay back. Otherwise, coming back, Obviously, the pay scale in India is going to remain the pay scale in India, and then reality is going to hit you. So, is that what you what what you would agree with, Sahil? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, something that we don't do uh, when we research about these uh, universities is about how the things are going to fare once you're done with your graduation. We think about how the student life is going to be, uh, which are the places that we are going to visit or stay at, the uni halls and all of that. But you need to see a longer future. And uh, it's uh, great now that people, the, that students have the choice to stay back. And uh, it's very important to check uh, what are the, uh, the laws that are coming in different countries, you know, and take a step according to that so that you can actually benefit, benefit out of uh, staying longer and uh, getting the work experience abroad, which will actually help you once you come back, you also have foreign ex- uh, work ex- if, if you end up coming back. Or it also gives you the opportunity that uh, if they really like your work, then they would probably uh, extend your work visa, and uh, you also have the option. Uh, you have the option to stay back. So I definitely agree with you. Yeah. This is something that's very important for all students to uh, look into. Now, now coming to you, Mina, uh, you obviously work at Warwickshire Cricket Board at Edgebaston. You're the diverse communication officer. So can you talk talk to us a little bit about your role? Uh, what is it that you do on a daily basis? What does your role really comprise of? And uh, um, yeah, just 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 for our viewers to get a better understanding of, of what it is that you do. Yeah, so um, in 2017, um, ECB, I think everyone knows if they follow sport, um, that ECB are trying to get more diversity in the cricket. Because if you think about it, the percentage of people that play club cricket or parks cricket, it doesn't reflect 
um, the percent uh, percentage of people that make it to international cricket. I think the only two players that are playing are Moin Ali and um, Rashid um, at the moment. So I came in uh, in 2018. Uh, my role is to get ethnic minorities involved. This is uh, Indians, Pakistani, Bengali people. So we get a budget of £40,000 £40, per year. And that, um, for, and sorry we, to cut you in, that uh, for all our Indian viewers, £40,000 would roughly, I think, be around 40 lakhs, give or take. Mm. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and then it's up to us to um, spend it however um, we like, really. So if I I say, if, um, if I want to put money into, X amount of money into this project, because I think we'll get most amount of numbers there, that means... We can, we just have to justify it. So currently I have 18 projects that I run um, all throughout the year. Um, that includes like your indoor cricket, outdoor cricket. The point I was, um, I really would like to make that my role doesn't involve international cricket. It doesn't involve county cricket. It doesn't involve club cricket. It literally involves, um, literally my mother getting up and saying, I want to play cricket today, but how can I do that? I don't have anywhere to go. Um, and that's where I come in. I have lots of hubs around the Birmingham um, centre or Birmingham area where they can play something like Bolly Cricket that was inspired by Bangra in cricket, um, which we do 45 minutes of fitness Bangra and 45 minutes of cricket. And kid you not, it was the most popular thing that we've ever done because music and cricket, I think, are the two only things that um, we like, to be honest with you. Um, we started something like glow in the dark cricket. We we literally switch all the lights off, put UV lights on, and play cricket in the dark. Been a massive, massive hit. Um, stuff like that we're trying to do. So obviously the people that the girls that want to then get into professional cricket, we give them exit routes. But my role is specifically for people that have never played cricket. They just want to pick up a bat and a ball and want to play cricket, but they don't know where to go or they don't have the finance to play. Because obviously we know cricket's a very expensive sport. And and, and all the funding that you're talking about, the £40,000 that you get, this is given to you by the ECB? Yeah, so the England Cricket Board, yeah. I get funding from them, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I, You know, in India, like, in India when it comes to cricket, there's obviously so much cricket that's that's played that I don't think the BCCI ever funds any sort of grassroots level cricket. I think there will always be cricketers here. I just wish, you know, like some of the other governing bodies, you have AIFF or the Tennis Federation. I wish they would also do something like this. I'm sure they might be doing, which I'm not aware of. But that was that was some great stuff to know from you. And Sahil, so you're working at uh, Pune 7 Aces. You're the assistant manager of operations. Uh, just talk to us a little bit about your role. What is it that you do? Uh, so... Basically, I was hired as an uh, operations exec executive and going into the role uh, when even if uh, anyone else goes into a sports startup, it was a startup over there, the, the team had just been born and uh, it was their first year. So basically, it's the Premier Badminton League and it's just like uh, for me, for her to simply understand something like an IPL, but uh, for badminton or an ISL, that is the Indian Super League. Uh, something or something on those lines. So uh, it's a professional badminton league, which has been accredited by the Badminton Association of India. And we were a franchisee, just like uh, Mumbai Indians or uh, Kolkata uh, Delhi, Riders. Yeah. Kolkata Knight Riders, any. So we were Pune, we are Pune Seven Aces. And uh, over there, my role was uh, around operations. But 
which also uh, would need me to look into the other aspects because it's a new company and we are supposed to do anything and everything possible uh, that the work asks uh, calls for so uh, starting uh, i i was hired in october the season was going to start in december so where i started was with uh, looking into visas of players who would be coming down and uh, also looking uh, before that was there was the draft so just how uh, player drafts are held and then you buy buy players we were looking into players who are uh, of good caliber and you know would fit the team perfectly uh, would be doubles singles women's all of all of these are uh, different uh, aspects of the uh, uh, the tournament so uh, we were looking into players then we would uh, we would hire coaches and uh, my uh, role out here was uh, looking into the uh, equipments uh, basically that the players would need when they would come down so when they would come down they the the uh, rackets tend to uh, get torn pretty fast because of the speed they hit the shuttles with so i need to look into uh, uh, the kitting aspect basically get their racket sorted and uh, uh, there would be uh, there would be kitting so kitting would be another aspect basically they would all be wearing our jerseys so we need to make sure that there are at least 6 to 7 jerseys for each player because uh, there are matches every consecutive days so i would be looking into the uh, orders of that i would be looking into getting a designer to design the jersey getting it approved by the team owners and uh, that would be one aspect of it when once they come down it would be looking into uh, the hotels that they stay in making sure they get the proper diet that they require because indian food is something that is uh, not digestible by any foreign athlete and uh, i don't know how the indians do it but we still manage to eat two butter uh, butter chickens and two butter naans just before we, a game day we That's indians, our athletes are indians and desis have apparently even survived covid yeah <laughs> yeah we are following herd immunity right now and no one's getting hit uh, in our bracket the youth so uh, when the players come down and uh, making sure that they have the dietary supplements sorted and uh, uh, being around them sorting their practice schedules their match schedules looking into logistics basically booking uh, the buses for those number of days with a, with a tour traveler and also their flights so it's uh, a limitless uh, work or this thing uh scope of work that i have uh and uh, then you also look into venue accreditations basically sorting the accredited cards for the players to enter uh, and yeah so this is some of it and i could just go on and on but basically uh, basically making the play- players feel pampered so that they can perform on the field and everything else is what i look at so or maybe cool. yeah so 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 in a sense like uh maybe this is just very like basic simplification but what i can understand is that meena what you're doing is to promote promote cricket and get as many people involved in, uh, uh, irrespective of gender and age and sahil what you're trying to do is obviously you're trying to manage uh, the operation bit of a team to make sure, players, yeah. make sure the 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 players who come in to perform they get um, all the facilities that they actually require so um right I'm, i'm sure these roles especially considering the fact that these are roles that you all have taken up just out of university must have got your great experience but other than that what i'd like to know is uh, meena for you in the uk and sahil for you in india since the time you guys got into the market do you all feel sports as an industry has expanded and there are more roles available and uh, perhaps these roles are more sought after uh, do, do you feel a lot of youngsters are gravitating towards these roles um yes i i think so to an extent i think 
um it's uh, if if we're being really honest here it's all about the money that's going into the sport for it for it to generate the amount of roles there are if there's no money that's going into sport there's no way that we'll have a role or they will have any roles whatsoever so it it's it's a cycle really because if you keep putting money in you will keep having more people playing the sport which will uh, generate more roles in the sport so technically so i assume covid so i assume last year covid must have really uh, shrunk the job market for sports I, i'm just i'm just taking a guess yes yeah 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 definitely i mean i was i was very lucky to not lose my job um because of the government um schemes that you get here um but yeah a lot of people did lose their jobs because uh because sports are shut we we can't do anything we've got nothing to do and what about you sail what's your take on the job market in india the roles that are available and um, are pe- and are like people our generation actually gravitating towards these roles and the reason i specifically asked this question to both you guys is keeping in mind that a lot of youngsters are now really interested in pursuing sports as a degree so people who want to pursue sports as a degree and come to the uk they should be aware of what sort of roles are there and even even like especially in today's times when covid is there people are being made redundant they are losing out losing their jobs uh so what they can what they should expect getting into stuff like this and similarly people who want to study abroad and come back to india or just want to do a degree course in india and take up sports in india what sort of roles can be available so sahil uh, yeah just coming back to you on this point i think uh, getting into digi- digital digi- uh, digital marketing bit uh, is really important aspect of sport right now because uh, anything related to it if you can uh, combine it with sports you would be very well off in india because there are many companies that are coming up that uh, just like dream 11 whose evaluation they are basically sponsoring the uh, indian uh, premier league right now so you can just imagine how well they are doing and it's a completely uh, uh, it's a, a fantasy game so you can just imagine how well digital sports is doing so you uh, if you have that it background to yourself if you are into software developing or uh, even into uh, digital marketing i think you are very well off so uh, it background is something that will help you a lot operations uh, is something that you can utilize in any other sector with, even if you are not in sports same with marketing because just as our, as how our uh, course also uh, uh, is uh, the curriculum of the sports is such that we are made to do these general subjects but with examples of sports so even if we do a normal degree we would learn marketing finance uh management and pr so if you are doing all these aspects in the sports industry you could still go back and get into another industry uh and you you would be fine but if you if you want to stick to sports having the it knowledge is something that's very important and uh, is going to be uh taking up like to the next level right now in the next few years okay and just before we sign off what i'd like to know from you mina is um uh, for for people looking um uh, to study sports and perhaps come to the uk we went to cov we did a degree in sports management at cov now cov obviously has sports science also but are there any other universities that you could perhaps recommend or uh, are there any uh, yeah if not university certification or stuff like that that young kids students can look for uh, other than what we just did um i think you guys would know that also but uh, loughborough university 
where all the facilities are available. I think it's one of the best sports universities in the world, uh, if I'm not wrong, but I can't quote it at the moment. Loughborough, if someone has a passion for sports and wants to learn the best because they have the utmost amazing facilities, because that's where the England players are trained, uh, the cricket ones in any case, then Loughborough University is the one to go. Yes, um, if you're talking about the degree that we did, I think that can be done. I think that can be done um, because I think what Sahil mentioned as well, um, it's the same degree, but with sport um, examples to it. Um, so I think that can be done in any of the university. But I think if you're really getting into sports, you want to get into the back end of sports, Loughborough University is the one that I'd recommend, to be honest. And what would you say, Sahil, from an India point of view, uh, are there any specific schools, institutions? Because I think you've worked in an institution before as well. So are there any uh, uh, education institutes for sports you, you would recommend? So just, just going out to a previous point that I missed out on, uh, adding up to uh, the roles that the sports offers as well, I missed out on one bit that I just want to add, is uh, sports science. Uh, people out here lack the knowledge of what sports science has to offer and how uh, basically the US or UK or Australia are taking it to the next level. Uh, it has a lot to offer. And if you get into sports physiotherapy or nutrition, uh, you can start something of your own. You can provide services on your own. You don't need uh, to work anywhere. Once you have that confidence and a little bit of work experience, I think uh, that is one stream that has, uh, uh, that is, uh, that you should take up and uh, you can do well in it. Are there any, are there, are there any institutes you, you would recommend in India? Um, for, for people uh, in India, I think I, I actually wouldn't suggest because I haven't uh, graduated from a sports uh, institution in India, but I have been with people who have and uh, it's uh, kind of also uh, really sad to hear that people out here on graduating are also being offered floor keeping and gym instructor jobs that uh, with the mindset that Indians have, you wouldn't want to opt for it. Because uh, when there is lots to explore in uh, something like the Reliance, the, Gro uh, the Grassroots Foundation that they are, they are uh, running or maybe the IPL teams, the amount of experience you can get over there, um, it's not something that you want to, uh, it's not like such a, uh, a small role as a gym instructor's role. I don't think if you want to uh, get over there. So I would avoid graduating from a sports uh, institution in India. And I would say if you really want to uh, go into something that you're so passionate about, just take it to the next level and go abroad and probably get that much experience as well. Because now you also have the option of, of working there for two years. Uh, you get to um, there's the full multicultural uh, uh, essence to it when you are working with foreign foreign uh, students and you're meet, meeting foreign faculty. Uh, I think that is the advantage that you should take. Uh, but also knowing that where you want to go after it and uh, it requires a lot of uh, a study if you want to get into sports in general because it's not as simple as uh, maybe playing. You wouldn't be playing because uh, you would be playing with your career then if you want to just like do it for the sake of it. You need to do, you need to have a lot of knowledge about what you want to do in, if you want to do it in sports. Well, fair enough. And with this, I'd really like to thank the both of you all 
for for tuning in and for giving all our viewers and listeners um all all this insight sharing your experience with them thank you so much guys uh, for being a part of this podcast uh to all our viewers and listeners um that was meena and sahil for you guys uh, the link to our previous episode will be down in the description please like share for uh, follow comment and subscribe and we shall see you guys again next week uh, with the all new brand new episode bye guys